13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Fun Kids Meets. This is the podcast where we bring to you some of the amazing, excellent people that we've met on Fun Kids. And I'll tell you what, this is this is one I'm very, very excited about. My good friend Bex joins me for this. Hello, Bex. Hello, Sean. How are you? Very good. Very good. So tell us all about your little chat with the legend that is Lemony Snicket. Well, this was an interesting one. First of all, I should say, technically, I didn't talk to Lemony Snicket. I spoke to um, a friend of his, a kind of representative, I suppose, called Daniel Handler. Now, Daniel was there on Lemony's behalf, telling me all about Lemony's books, including his new one, Poison for Breakfast. (laughs) There's so much to unpack here. Mm. So, first of all, Lemony Snicket um, is someone you may remember from the series of Unfortunate Events books. Which yes. is like, is it 13 books altogether? It feels like it'd be 13. I'm it's just... a big compilation, yes. And it's also been made into a film and TV show. And oh, yeah, because of course, it's, it's, you might have spotted it on um, Netflix most recently as well, which is a tale all about bad things happening to some kids. And I'm guessing from the title of this book, he's, he's, he's not exactly lightened up a bit. No, he's got a theme and he's gone with it, and I respect that. Uh, so basically, in the book, uh, Lemony t- tells it from his point of view, and it's all about he is eating his breakfast. It's the same breakfast he eats every day. And one day he finds a note that says, you have eaten poison for breakfast. And he has to go and find out uh, which item of his breakfast has been poisoned. Poison for breakfast. Mm. It's such a good, it's such like a good, spooky, macabre title. I'm immediately That's- sold exactly what it is and honestly the book is brilliant it's quite a a small book I'd say quite short so it's really easy to read and it's basically um, following Lemony on his day going around um, his local town and I really enjoyed it I read it really really quickly and I don't think uh, Daniel believed me when I said that (laughs) because I said to him I was talking about him you'd be able to hear it in the interview and I was talking to him about reading the book and I asked him something about it like oh how did you feel or something like that and he said I don't know how did you feel when you read it Bex and I don't think he believed me that I actually had read it and when I had a ready-made answer I think he figured out I'm not messing I'm telling the truth I love it when these authors are just so impressed with the fact that you've done your due diligence (laughs) (laughs) I know it really catches people out. I find it so funny. So yeah, so we had a chat about that. Um, he was very fun. Um, immediately was very um, funny and clever and witty. He kept me on my toes, I would say, in the interview. Um, and also uh, near the end of it, he gave me one of the most uh, damning uh, reviews I've ever had. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll look forward to that. We'll look forward to what that review is at the mm. end. Um, let's well, let's quickly get into the Fun Kids Meets Bingo, where I try and guess what's going to happen in what is already sounding like probably one of our, a, a classic for Fun Kids Meets. 
Um, right, what I want to know is, uh, is there, do we find out what his deal is with unfortunateness? Why does he love unfortunateness so much? Um, I want to know what, whether he likes, you know, maybe he likes normal, what was his normal breakfast situation? I'm guessing it's not going to be poisoned. And is there any chat about fortunateness in this interview <laughs> at all? We just say like to lighten the mood a little bit. So you're, you're an optimist. I like this, Sean. It's good. That's what I'm all about. That's what I'm all about. So, and I also love that Lemony Snicket's just pied you off and give you, given you his assistant handler or whoever <laughs> Daniel might be. <laughs> Yeah, Daniel knows quite a lot. I'll put it like that. He knows his stuff. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting hearing about Lemony from his point of view. Brilliant. So here we go. Bex's chat with Daniel Handler, who may or may not be Lemony Snicket. I am joined right now by author Daniel Handler. How are you doing, Daniel? I can't complain. How are you? Very good, thank you. I've looked out the window and the sun has just popped its head out of a cloud, so that's always a good sign. Uh, what's it like where you are? Um, there are no clouds in the sky. The sun is beating down relentlessly against oh. all of the citizens here. Where are you in the world? Uh, I'm in California, in the United States. Oh, how dreamy. Oh my goodness, I'm in grey London, which is a lot less glamorous than California. But thank you so much for joining us. I have just read uh, Lemony Snicket's Poison for Breakfast and I... That's kind of you. Oh my goodness, I loved it. I was on such a journey. I've rarely read a book that's made me think so much, um, which sounds like a massive uh, slam on every other book I've read. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Or just on this one. It really depends if you enjoy thinking. (laughs) Oh, I quite quite enjoy thinking. It does also make it sound like I don't read that many books. I promise I do. So can you tell us about Poison for Breakfast? Because it's a bit of a gem. Uh, Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, I would say Poison for Breakfast is about uh, Lemony Snicket himself uh, receiving news that he's had Poison for Breakfast and deciding uh, quickly and uh, frantically to try to solve his own upcoming murder. Um, He uh, traces each item in his breakfast, uh, and it leads him on a journey that is both logistical and, I guess I would say, philosophical. Mm. Uh, Stopping to ponder um, all sorts of things about literature and life, and um, reaching conclusions that are either dreadful or inspiring, I guess, depending on your point of view. How did you feel at the end of it? Were you emotionally wrought? Uh, You know what? I was, it was one of those ones where I had to just take a second and look to the side and be like, oh my goodness, what do I think of this? What has he done to me? Because it it does make you think like, because you, um, you put in so many references to, uh, to films and books, uh, Lemony's put like so many things in there that I didn't know about. Um, I feel like not only have I read a book that's opened up my world, uh, it's also kind of added extra kind of cultural influences as well, which is quite quite exciting, really. That's how I felt, I think. Uh, I'm glad that's um, that's quite the charming review. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, many, uh, as you say, there's some films and songs and other stories and other books that are tucked in there. And I mean, the Snicket books have always had a number of uh, of such references, but he uh, but it goes pretty deep, I guess one would say, into those. And I always think that um, you can learn so much about a person when they start giving you things to watch and look at and listen to and read. And so I think people who are interested in what Lemony Snicket might do if they sat down to lunch will, uh, will find out. Well, yeah, we, I mean, we should mention uh, people might know Lemony Snicket from a series of unfortunate events, of course. Just have to throw that in there because that's 
you know, pretty big deal. But this seems uh, like yes, that's true. They may have already been depressed by him by reading about <laughs> three orphans to whom terrible things happen over and over again. He also has a series called All the Wrong Questions, in which terrible things happen to Lemony Snicket when he was a child. And now this book has terrible things happening to him when there's an adult. You may see a pattern there. The discerning reader might see a pattern. Well, he's basically written his own kind of possible murder mystery, hasn't he here? Yeah, well, I mean, I think most of us uh, realize that we're going to die someday. I haven't realized this yet, but I hear that a lot of people realize it. And (laughs) then they spend a lot of time thinking about their own doom and their own demise, which is something of a mystery. So he is trying to solve his own murder, but maybe also the mystery of why all of our uh, times on this planet are limited. I really enjoyed following him around in his day and in his thoughts as well. It felt like I was kind of in conversation with someone or following a monologue. Um, it's quite nice. To it sounded a little more sinister to me. I really enjoyed following him around. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many authors you've said that about. If it's too many, we may have to call the authorities. Every author who comes here, I tell them I followed you. And I say it in that tone and it freaks them out entirely. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. And you're, you're still gainfully employed interviewing authors. That's interesting to me. It is shocking. It absolutely shocking they've kept me on this long, to be honest. But hey, look, I'm making a living out of it, so I can't yeah. complain. No, 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 of course. I would hate for, for you to be cast out on the street when you're already spending so much time there following authors around. Just, I just want to know what they're up to, basically. I'm a very, very nosy person. I can't help myself. Um, um, yes, curiosity, the source of all sinister surveillance. Well, this it kind of is, and you, you know, speaking in the in the story, uh, Lemony talks about the the best ways of writing a story and the best things of like, you know, are you uh, bewildered in the story or things have to like be omitted that kind of thing as well. It's quite hard to write a book that has uh, all of those rules inside it, right? Um, yes, I think there's no greater challenge than writing a book. You're you're quite true. Uh, I'm glad that you're enabling citizens to recognize just how hard the authors <laughs> work. Uh, But no, I think it was time to think a little bit about how books are made. Um, Many people have um, inquired about the sources of a series of unfortunate events and all the wrong questions. Many people are curious about where stories come from. I know when certainly when I was small, I got very interested in who an author was and where these books that I had from the library really came from. All that was very interesting to me. And uh, libraries feature quite heavily in the book as well. I guess libraries are pretty important. Yeah, they're the thing I've certainly missed the most um, during these pandemic days. And uh, most of Poison for Breakfast was written uh, in a couple of libraries. Um, I really like going and sitting at a table myself when other people are sitting next to me working on other things and you feel the uh, public uh, access and the private possibilities of literature all coming together at once. That's a powerful feeling. I like that. I'm always impressed by people who can work in libraries because I end up going in and uh, a bit like a bit like Lemony mentions in the book when he sat down for breakfast and he has a book next to him, uh, not necessarily reading it, just having it as a kind of companion. That's what I do in libraries with books. I just sit there and just look around and don't really do anything. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about being an author is that that counts as working. Great. Yeah. Maybe I should be an author. Uh, yeah. I think when you get tired of following people in the street for a living, you might want to go into a building <laughs> and just sit next to a book. It's quite, It's a nice living as well of daydreaming uh, by sitting down. I did um, I did enjoy the references in the book. Uh, there was one in particular that I, well, I hadn't heard of a lot of the references, but uh, a film about a character called Eve who mm. is so down on her look. Uh, it's definitely something I'm going to go in and look at. Um, is there one in particular that, that you reckon is, uh, is quite important or your favourite? 
Um, well, I mean, that one that you mentioned, Midnight, is pretty important. Um, it is a kind of a retelling of Cinderella in a way, but it is about a woman and mysterious things keep happening to her. And she only slowly realizes that she's part of a, a large, a ridiculous plot. Um, so that's a movie that I find very charming. Uh, also, the book talks about Corla Pandit, who was a mysterious uh, musician that I experienced when I was a child. Um, his origins were for many years shrouded in mystery. And when they were revealed, they were um, kind of melancholy and complicated. So that's interesting to me, too. It is amazing. Honestly, reading it, I was like, I, I feel like not only am I having a lovely time with this book, I'm also learning uh, about so many other things I just hadn't found out about anywhere else. So it was quite exciting. And also, well, I, I had the- been meaning to call you privately and tell them about you, but I just got <laughs> very busy. And so finally, I thought, well, maybe she'll just read the book and then she'll do these things. I like the idea that you wrote the book specifically for me. The, the, the book is out there specifically for me. And then suddenly it was like, well, we back put it out there as well for everybody else. Well, isn't that how you feel when you read a book that you like? I know that's how I feel. I feel, oh, it's written just for me. Thank you so much. Only yes. last night I finished a novel uh, that I was reading and I clicked it shut. And I and then I re- was suddenly reminded, oh, yeah, this wasn't just for me, even though it gave me so much delight. It wasn't only for me. Yeah, I think there's um, an Alan Bennett line in the History Boys, something about um, sometimes when you read a poem or a piece of literature, you can it feels like somebody's put their hand out to you specifically. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, what it feels like. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's the great um, kind of conundrum of literature, that it is both accessible to um, as many people as possible, particularly through, particularly through libraries and other auspices, but also that it's a very private experience reading a book. You know, even when you read it out loud to someone, there's not going to be that many people who are all participating in the same literature at the same time. And I think that's um, it's kind of a lovely contradiction of what literature is. It really is. And also, I mean, also in the book, there's a lot of ways to eat an egg. And that particular section of the book uh, I was very interested in because I, I've i never read so many lovely descriptive ways of how to uh, cook an egg in so many different forms basically it was incredible uh well thank you yeah um it's a very opinionated section of the book Mm. um already even though the book has just scarcely been published i've already received some outraged correspondence from people who are fans of scrambled eggs and who are very angry uh at the slight insult that has given scrambled eggs in the book i don't know how you feel about that i don't know if we want to get into such a raging controversy (laughs) as how one likes one's eggs but certainly it's been pretty powerful. It's a big deal. Uh, scrambled eggs, I am, um, I'll get told off for this by people listening, but I tend to cook them in a microwave because my dad taught me to <laughs> cook them oh in a goodness. mug, which is wow. awful. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry you were so mistreated. I think had we known earlier, we would have gotten you out of that family. I know, right? I mean, that's that's pretty cruel to teach me. The only way I can make scrambled eggs, one of, I think, something that's most delicious, one of the most delicious ways to have an egg is by uh, whacking it in a microwave with some milk and butter and hoping for the best. Not not ideal. Well, I think hoping for the best is an essential thing when you're making <laughs> eggs, but the rest of it sounds like garbage, quite frankly. He also taught me how to poach an egg, which you say the poached egg is the is the best way of, um, of eating an egg. Uh, taught me how to poach an egg um, without vinegar. So that's pretty good, right? I, I mean, I got, you know, there's, I think now that you're beginning to realize just how shabbily you were raised, I think <laughs> we can make excellent progress together and teach you to become the sort of person that makes eggs properly and who doesn't follow uh, authors in the street. I think we're really going to make progress with you. I love it. I feel like this is a therapy session. I think I needed to hear this. Uh, um, I'm so glad. I think I needed to tell you. Right, I think we're <laughs> Finally, someone's someone's put in the knowledge and told me. My friends for ages have been like, oh my goodness, how is she doing these scrambled eggs? What is she doing? 
Uh, now, with every person who comes on Fun Kids, we have a little quick fire round of questions, every author, um, okay. after I finished following them in the street. Um, and I wondered whether I could ask you them on behalf of yourself and Lemony, if that's okay. Absolutely. Brilliant stuff. I'm bracing so, myself. I'm ready. Well, let's, let's find out where this takes us. a sip of water to, to make sure that I'm able to answer these. Uh, I assume I'm supposed to answer them quickly. Well, it's, you know, it's up to you, but some authors play, play uh, pretty fast and loose with the word quickly, so I wouldn't worry too much. <laughs> right. I, I understand we only have four more hours for this interview, so I'll try to... Just, yeah, just, just the four. We, I'm, I'm sure we yeah. can stretch to five if we need it. Um, <laughs> all right, so first up is books or Kindles? Books. Oh, that was incredible. Every author says the same thing. Uh, heroes or villains? Hmm. I mean, I assume we mean in literature. In literature, I would say villains. In life, I would say ordinary people. Neither heroes nor villains. But in literature, the villains, for sure. Okay. Oh, good answer. Um, this one, given what we've just talked about, might be interesting. Boiled or fried eggs? Everyone knows that a boiled egg is better. Well, that's... I think that might be the most controversial thing you've said so far, but okay. Sure. Um, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Mm. Of what, I guess? Of anything your heart desires. What do you think of is better? Anything my heart desires. Uh, I think I would take my chances with a film adaptation because at least it would be shorter. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, writing or reading? Oh, that is a terrible thing. <laughs> I can't say all of the above. Well, you asked me to answer for Lemony and for myself, and so I can say one of us likes writing better and one of us likes reading better, and then I can finally get away with doing it. Oh, my goodness. That is a very canny answer you've given me there. Uh, Hogwarts or Narnia? (sighs) Um, I would have to say a sequence of secret underground tunnels underneath Paris in 1920. (laughs) Yeah, all right. I'll give you that. First person to ever say that. Um, A laptop or write by hand? Oh, uh, by hand, all the way. Legal pads, uniball pens. Wow. Is it not really tiring? Um, It is, but um, you can make people feel uh, very sorry for you when you meet them in the evening and you say, I am exhausted. I've been making things up on a legal pad all day and my hand is slightly sore. This one here that's holding this brandy sidecar is actually a little bit sore. People respond very violently to such things. Yeah, I'm sure people love that as, a, as yeah. an in into a conversation. Yeah, I can't imagine that going down badly. Um, do, you, do you know uh, whether Lemony writes nine to five or whenever and wherever? Um, I think nine to five. I think the evening is for socializing and reading. And just telling people how, how sore your hands are, I guess, from all the writing. Yeah, exactly. Bragging yeah, yeah, is what yeah, I mean by socializing, really. Yeah, yeah, bragging rights. Um, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Oh. Can I choose the kind of stern yet calm bear on the flag of California? If, do I, is that the kind of bear that I have to choose? Well, well done. You got the hidden third option. Yeah, that was yeah, the... Okay, good. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. No one's ever figured that one out before. And finally, I don't know whether this translates into uh, American sensibilities, but I will ask. Um, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? We're talking about, uh, um, I was going to say chips, but but I think I have to say crisps. <laughs> Correct, right? We're talking yes. about crisps. Very kind of you. Yes, yes, you've translated it for me. <laughs> um, salt and vinegar, obviously. Yes, that's the right answer. Yes, thank of you. Of course it is. Everyone knows that. 
You'd be surprised. I think people who doesn't... feel sorry for the other kind sometimes, so they feel they have to talk it up. You know, I um, you could have said anything you wanted for those questions, uh, but that's the one I care about the most. That's it. <laughs> that's very touching because you seem so unstable that I don't want to anger you. You were <laughs> raised poorly. You follow authors of the street, <laughs> and now, thank goodness, by uttering the words salt and vinegar, I've managed to calm you down and escape with my life. <laughs> well, you said salt and vinegar. Uh, thank you, and then therefore you win at life. Uh, thank you so much uh, for telling us about the new lemony snicket book, Poison for Breakfast. I believe it's out in the UK. Um, is it the second of September? Is that right? Uh, I do believe that is correct. Yes. Brilliant stuff. So everybody should hopefully look out for it. And um, and thank you so much for talking to us, Daniel. Uh, well, thank you for knocking on my door. It was a pleasure <laughs> to be followed by you. Right, you you weren't wrong, Bex. That was <laughs> that was summon. <laughs> it was a pacey interview. I've got to say, every now and again, an interview comes along, a guest happens, and you immediately like, oh, we're off, we're off to the races straight away. And that is how I felt about Daniel. Um, it was a fun one. We love that, really. I, I, I prefer that if if, I'm, oh, <laughs> if yeah. I was going to choose, if I was going to make a choice. Immediately, it was fun. And um, as you might have heard halfway through there, we spent a lot of time discussing uh, how to eat and how to. cook cook eggs that was because uh, there's a big portion of the book about um how to cook the best type of egg and uh i've never spoken at length with a, a guest before so much about eggs but there we go them's the eggs <laughs> <laughs> see this is not a phrase sort, this is the sort of chat which makes makes our guests think you're dangerously unstable <laughs> yes it was a it was certainly a moment shall we say but uh no i had a, such a fun time with him it was great I mean, it sounded great. And I reckon with the Fun Kids Meets Bingo, we've, we've sort of done all right here. Um, <laughs> I, I'd like to lump egg making into fortunateness. I, I'd say that class is fortunateness. Fortunate, yeah, he did He did call out the way that I have been taught to make scrambled eggs, but that's fine. Um, you know, we talked about fortunate things. The resolution of the book is kind of fortunate. And uh, unfortunate things as well. We do mention unfortunate events. So you do get a point there, I'd say, Sean. I reckon so. I didn't th- we didn't go right into the psychological depths of why he loves unfortunateness. But I think that's probably for another, that's for another time, I would have thought. Another type of session, I would say, yes. Um, and we, we uh, breakfast as well. So we do talk about his regular breakfast. And I think you did mention that, didn't you? Indeed. Indeed. I'm going to give you a very generous three out of three, Sean. Do you know what? I love Lemony Snicket books, so I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't get three out of three. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that. Yeah, his regular breakfast is very, very interesting. It's like honey on toast with uh, an, a slice of apple or something. Um, that sounds, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, we're talking about dangerous instability here. That sounds mad. <laughs> and I'm no yeah, breakfast also, judge. Well, actually, well I, I was going to say, I've, I've heard about your breakfast uh I was going to say shenanigans. That makes it sound like you're like, like running around. Um, but no, he was a really, really fun guest, and I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to Daniel slash Lemony's representative. Now, Bex is our absolute top aficionado when it comes to books. So, if you want to hear from any other authors, Bex, where should we go? Oh my goodness, Sean, I'm so glad you asked. Check out the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast. We speak to so many amazing authors on there. Um, we've, I mean, literally, if you've read somebody's book, I've probably interviewed them about it. Uh, Nick Sharrett, Jacqueline Wilson, uh, Ben Miller, loads and loads of amazing people have been in the podcast recently. Uh, every week I do uh, a little chat with an author. I'll do maybe a quiz with a different author. We'll get a reading from an even differenter author. And we even have recommendations of books that are coming out as well. So check it out for all of your book hopes, dreams, wants and desires. If you 
have read a book recently worth its salt. If you search for the author in the Fun Kids Bookworms archives, there is almost a 95% chance you will find them. They're, they are in there. They will it's be in a- there. Absolutely. I have pretty much spoken to every author for children in the world ever. And that's not even an ex- exaggeration, Sean. I think I genuinely have. No, I, I, I don't disagree. So go and check out the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast too. And uh, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button for Fun Kids Meets. We will bring you interesting people each and every week. Thank you, Bex. Thank you, Sean. And we'll see you next week. Thirteen-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist, and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.